Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sandalanch podcast. I'm Jamie, and with me, as always, is Zach, Joe, and Dean. And this week, we are covering Miss Bourne, book three, The Hero of Ages, chapters 26, 27, and 28, wherein Spook is awake and feels good enough to go to the pub. Vin uh, sneaks into Fadrick City and seeks out some informants. And Ellen and Vin have a chat after their respective days and make plans to gate crash a party. Hold on to something, everybody. The Sandalanch is about to begin. As the towers of steel and stone crumble to dust, the foundations of our hope begin to rust. Choking fear, screaming sound, as a reaper comes to ground. You turn to face it down because you must. And when the world starts to burn, at the point of no return, keep a hold of the conviction, tear at the affliction, and for the Okay, so before we get started this week, I want to let everybody know that we are going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks. should be two weeks that we will not have a new episode. I am going to Disney World, and in the meantime, Dak is opening a show. He's a a popular in-demand sort of dude, we've established. So we're going to take a couple (laughs) weeks off to do stuff, and then we will be back for the next episode, which will be three more chapters, 29, 30, and 31. Just want to let everybody know up front so that you knew what to expect. And also in case people don't listen to the end of the episode, they hear me start being like, so emails and they're like, uh, snooze off. <laughs> now, you know, so now okay, yes, yeah, no. very closely. You can hear all the listeners going, no. Yeah. <laughs> the reason you're going to, uh, the reason you're going to Disney world is because you, you were, you're on the, you play for the Buccaneers and you guys won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm full end. Is that, a, is that a position? in football? Full I don't end. Know. Happening. <laughs> uh, I'm the backup backup kicker, so you don't actually see me. They don't even let me on the field. I just like have yeah. to wait and walk Special around. special teams, yeah. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, Sorry, American football. He didn't even know what he was talking about. He said <laughs> Was he trying to say like what position he played? Right. But there's a full back and a tight end. A tight end. Not a yes. full end. I was making a joke. <laughs> Anyway. He can be whatever he wants to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So. You're full of crap, Fry. You make a persuasive <laughs> argument, Fry. Oh, Aside from the word blurs, that was complete utter gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like blurn, blurn's ball. Anyway, so these multi blurn. Sorry. Stuff <laughs> happened. There was there was you know sneaking and spying and things like that. What did you guys think of the three chapters this week? Yeah, I I liked reading them. I actually quite enjoyed Spook's chapter. I thought that was where we left off with him last time. It was kind of good to catch up where he was at and get a peek into his mindset. That was exciting and kind of terrifying to think where he might go with that. Lots of thoughts running through my head. Vin sneaking into Fadrex City. I was kind of excited to have her talk to different informants and then we got Hoyd's name and I was like, oh, he's back. And then we didn't do a talk to Hoyd. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Why even bother? So, yeah, but that was cool, her talking to the first informant. I can't remember his name. 
but then it was kind of nothing nothing big happened so I was sort of hoping for a bit more in there but that's okay there's plenty more book to go and yeah the third chapter was okay more Ellen and Bin talking and trusting each other and I'm glad they addressed the they can't talk about the plan with each other so I was like oh okay we're all we're all on the same page that's good but yeah I enjoyed these chapters as well and keen to see what happened next yeah, we were just talking last week. I mean, like Dax had his list of people who he wanted to see if they would show up. And we just mentioned Hoyd like last week, I think, as a possibility. And then, yeah. hey, there's the name. And nope, you're not getting to see this guy pretending to be blind or he doesn't even have the same shtick anymore. We don't know. Might not even be the same guy. It might just be that's a common name in the final empire. I mean, he might not even be alive. He could be dead for all we know. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get close to him. So. Also, if it is the same Hoyd, then... How did he get it? Like, what's his story throughout all of these years? He's gone from giving Kelsier information to turning up in another city that's of interest. Like, ooh, what have you been up to? Hmm. It's true. If it's him. We may never know. Maybe there are two Hoids. Maybe it's a common name. You never know. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just all over the, the Final Empire. That's the Final Empire's version of Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so the, these chapters were pretty good. I, I, again, I feel like we're just in, we're in the build-up phase here, and it's sort of just like, all right, we're laying the seeds. Where are they going to go? Like it was. I don't think a lot happened in these chapters. It's just building up to things. I like the whole. All right, we're going to gate crash a ball. Okay, that's kind of cool. We're getting back into heist style mode, sort of. Can't wait to see how that goes pear shaped. Like Vin talking to the informant was kind of cool because we get some backstory on Yeoman. I like. I, I like how we're sort of just building up to this guy and we're getting conflicting information about him. And then when we meet him, we'll just be like, all right, so who was right about him? Is he a dick? Is he a good man? I guess we'll find <laughs> out. And yeah, Spook was kind of cool. I, yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack in what whatever the hell's going on in Spook. I think the thing that threw me this week is like she met up the informant she did meet up with was named Slow Swift. I'm like, yep. what the hell is up with Fadrex City and giving people weird ass names? You got Ashweather, <laughs> you got Meow Meow, and now you got Slow Swift. Like the two parts of his name literally cancel each other out. You may as well call him Snowshine or something. I think that must be a nickname. It, but I maybe not. Maybe. I, I always assumed it was a nickname, and then you point out that Ashweather's also a weird name, and we got Meow Meow, and so I'm like, maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. somebody did name him that. Huh. But al- but also, it's Slow Swift. Like, the, the two things literally mean opposite. Is he slow or is he swift? You can't have both. Well, you, well maybe, you, you maybe he's him. a bit slow, but then he moves really fast. Yeah, he might, he might be, like, a really speedy dude. We just didn't get to see him move. He was sitting down. But then he's I, was, I thought it was kind of... I thought it was kind of the way that he was being an informant, because at first he's like just only giving her information when she asks for it, and then he's kind of slow to give her the information, and then when she when he figures out her resolve, he, he then he spits out a ton of information at her all at one time. Yeah, I can see that. No, or maybe that's, it's that's just a dumb name, Dak. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I got pissed <laughs> out of my mouth. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I'm oh, not gonna okay. go full, full poet and just like this has ruined the book. I can't get past this one dude's stupid name. I, I was I was gonna save this till we got there, but there is a section of annotations about Slow Swift's name. Okay. <laughs> so the character himself is based on uh, he says based on Grandpa Tolkien. So it's uh, the character is like an homage to J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien. It's like he even has a picture. He's like I was thinking of this picture of Tolkien when I created this character, and then it says the name itself comes from his love of wordplay and of names that are inherently self-contradictory. Uh, he says, I'm not a Tolkien scholar. I don't know the man's personality or how he would have reacted in the situation. I'm just a fan. And uh, I thought that it would be funny to have fun to have this side tiny side character in imitation of the master. That's fair. 
now he makes the point. It's like, oh, yeah, Tolkien made opposite names all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, he, so he really did. It's been a while since I've actually read Tolkien stuff. So I he said that, and I'm like, is that true? Was that a thing? And I had to, like, think about it for a while. So I think it's mainly throughout the Silmarillion. Oh, I, I never, I've never read the Silmarillion. It's 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 tough. It's like it's an excellent book, but it's a it's a tough to get through. It's a slog. If I want to know about the characters that are talked about there, I'll go find the wiki entry and just read that and be like, okay, now I know about like Sauron before he came to Middle Earth. It's all good. Uh, these chapters were good. Like I agree with everybody else. It's kind of just some setup, but not bad setup. The Spook chapter. I mean, yeah. Look, do I feel bad for Spook? Yeah. Do I care? Nah. I don't really feel bad for Spook. I, I, I We're going to get into it, but obviously there's some not-so-great things going on, and he seems like he's going to be a victim going forward, which kind of sucks, but we'll we'll get to that. And then um, the Vin stuff was good. I liked her creeping around Fadrex, thinking about her life and how different it is now and how it was then. And then we, we kind of come full circle. She talks to Ellen. It's like, let's go to the ball and crash the ball. And then it's so cute at the end when she's like... <gasps> And Ellen's like, what? What's wrong? She's like, I didn't bring any dresses. It's fun. I'm sure she'll just... Cue Ulrian. Yeah. She'll... Oh, so... God. No, she's an Urto. We don't have to worry about her. Yeah. No, no, she'll be she'll, far away. she'll do that thing. It's like, oh, I sense I'm needed. And all of a sudden, she'll just pop out of <laughs> Yeah. Vin needs a dress. You rang? <laughs> oh, goodness. I don't... I, I don't even want to think about... I don't even want to think about Ulrian just popping up and be like, I have dresses. We need to go shopping. <laughs> Oh, gosh. We're yeah, I wonder how Vin's going to resolve this problem. It's the biggest problem she's ever faced. How will she get a dress? I'm oh, sure. You, you said I, she's the biggest problem she's ever faced. I'm like, Orianne? <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, sure. Well, she, needing a dress and needing to shop is not Orianne's problem. That's Orianne's, like, that's her bread and butter. She does that yeah, every I day. I thought you meant Orianne was the problem. Oh, no. Maybe. Mm. But no. Not yet, I'm, anyway. I'm sure Set makes or Ariane makes Set just carry dresses with him everywhere he goes in case she needs one. So I bet she can probably he she can probably get one from from Set. You can't even walk. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I meant like his men, not him specifically. <laughs> okay. Like Dad, carry my dresses. Sure, just tie a trailer onto the back of my wheelchair. <laughs> he has soldiers. He has lots of soldiers who work for him. I guess who work for Ellen now. I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, I guess let's get into these three chapters. The first epigraph is actually kind of long. It's, it's just about how the Lord Ruler like synthesized different cultures into his final empire. First thing, like when Jamie opened the book, within like half a second of opening it, just went, "Oh God damn it, says your your epigraphs are so long." <laughs> <laughs> they are longer than uh, what we're used to in the previous two right. books for the most part. But you know, yeah, you're telling me I've been writing them down verbatim in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I got admit, I did think about that. <laughs> I was like, Joe's just gonna end up writing a book. <laughs> you should, you should like move the book to like Kindle on your computer, and then you can just cut and paste them. I don't like writing notes on the computer. I'm, I'm weird about that. I have to have, I have to have it in my own writing. Um, I prefer, I prefer my own writing too, except that I can't read my own writing, so then I have to <laughs> notes regardless. Yeah, so it's very funny though because you guys are absolutely right. Like a half a page is devoted to each epigraph and then i write like three lines for the summary of the chapter <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's the best thing ever i'm sorry this is the one that you choose to write down it's not the epigraphs we're getting like one sentence at a time and the second one 
the second one I think might have been long a few times, but this one is long a lot. She is. She's well, I mean, I made the decision before we started reading. I didn't know how long they were gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So the epigraph writer's just like, you know, Alendi. He was, or Rashek was jealous of the Clenny people, of Alendi's people, even though he hated them. So he stole a bunch of ideas from them. He stole their fashion. He stole their architecture. Now he has some good old-fashioned cultural appropriation. I think the next epigraph is about the same thing, isn't it? It's like, here's some more stuff he stole. Yeah. So it's just, he's just stealing culture left and right. This guy. He murders a dude, and then he steals his culture. It's it's uh, it's a whole thing. And then we cut to Spook. And Spook has been uh, running some tests. He's like, I apparently have pewter. I don't have anything else. I tried. This is not a thing that happens. You, you don't get two powers. This doesn't make any sense. Yes, I have thoughts on that, but we'll get to those in predicaments. Okay. And then he, he's thinking about Kelsier's spirit, and he's like, so, like Kelsier's ghost appeared to me? This is weird. And then he finds a piece of his, of sword embedded in his skin, and he starts to pull it out, and Kelsier's like, no, 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 leave that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that. Red flag. Yep. How many how many times have we seen someone with a little bit of metal embedded in them and then they hear voices? Yeah. Mm. And especially yeah. if like I'm gonna take this sword out of me, he's like, no, no, wear it as a badge of honor. And like, no, no, it's gonna get infected. <laughs> it it seems like it would, right? You never you never pull the blade out. <laughs> you start bleeding. <laughs> you, you take you go to you go to the doctor and you get it removed. <laughs> It seems like pewter helps you heal a lot. I wonder if it helps with, like, infection type. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it helps you not get drunk, I maybe, I mean, could be. Mm. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so the voice pops in to be like, no, no, don't don't take it out. Wear it as a badge of blah, blah, blah. And he's like, wait, Kelsier? And there's no response. So the voice just pops in for a second and then pops out again. Just imagine, like, because I, all right, I, I, I assume that now I'm pretty sure the voice is ruined, like we, like we were just hinting at. And so I'm just like, Ruin's just standing there watching him, just watching. It's like, all right, cool. I can control this. Oh, oh, fuck, fuck. No, no, no. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, like Jamie says, he he heads off to the pub. And this is a heck of a place. I guess maybe it's part of the citizen's whole thing where you're not allowed to be comfortable because that's fancy people stuff. But it's like a bar where you go in and sit on the floor or on boxes that are like laying around and the guy comes out and brings you your drink and sets it on the ground. I would not want to go to that pub. No, not really. Except for the fact that they have extremely expensive uh, wines that you can buy for a fraction. The citizen made coins to be worth a fraction of a clip because clips were the smallest domination they had and they needed something smaller. That's, that's sad. So the bartender brings Spook a bottle of 50-year-old House Venture Special Vintage that used to go for 600 boxings a bottle. And it costs uh, a couple of... What is it, does, does it have a name? A couple of pecks. That's a stupid name for your money, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because Galleons and Sickles and Canuts is a good name. <laughs> no, those are all... Galleon's okay. I'm okay with Galleon. Yeah, Galleon Canut- sounds good. Canut bugs the crap out of me because it's so annoying to say. This is, uh, yeah, Song of Ice and Fire had gold dragons, silver stags, and I think it was bronze crowns or something. No, no, bronze stars. I'm like, that's way better. Yeah, Give me that, three that dragons makes... for a bottle, you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Canadian money where they have the, the loony because it has the a loon on it. And then, like, that's, that's the dollar, and then the, the two dollars is the toonie. Yeah, you're just building off the one dollar. No way. 
No, that's yeah. legit. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Loonies and toonies. <laughs> it works. I, I, I like it. They really no, just I like, like Bugs Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> exactly like where I went. <laughs> I, I'd never made that connection until you said that. I was like, why would you say that? And then I thought about it for half a second. I was like, oh, no, okay, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I like to think someone's sitting there just laughing at what they did. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that, like, you know, they had the loony, this this coin with a picture of a loon on it, and they're like, that's a loony. And then they're like, what, what, what do we call this other coin? What does it have on it? What, what does it have on it? Okay, I gotta look it up now. Oh, Jesus. Like, I don't know. This is a, that, that doesn't sound right. Uh, it's two. What if we just call it a toonie? And they're like, you're an idiot. And then they just went with it. It looks like it has Elizabeth II on it and a bear. He's. <laughs> <laughs> Is Elizabeth with the bear? No, they're on different <laughs> sides. Ah, oh. that, that would be a much better coin. Like she's fighting bear. I was gonna say she's probably she's probably riding it. She's subjugated this bear. <laughs> riding the bear. That would be awesome. Like, that's Canada, a monarch you want to hear about. That's quite regal, isn't it? <laughs> that's that's the image you want. Ellen, step your game money. up. Ride a bear. <laughs> it's like a bear on on an ice floe or something. I don't know. So yeah, I th- mm. there's there's no good like sh- you're gonna call them berries. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. The queen's on all their money, right? I think. Well, I don't probably. know. Probably, probably like ours. She's on yeah, she's on yeah. all a lot of money for all the countries that used to be under them or are kind of sort of still in the Commonwealth or whatever. Yeah, ones that didn't just flip the table and say and say fuck this shit, I'm out like you guys did. Okay, <laughs> so let's see. She's on their twenty dollar bill, but there's other people on these other monies. She's usually on one side, and then we have someone else on the other side. Yeah. Like a prime minister or some other figure. Native wildlife. I don't want to know who these other people are, but I'm not finding <laughs> their names. I just their pictures on the money, and that's it. You gotta uh, love our tangents sometimes. Last week was all Wesley Snipes, and this week it's Canadian yeah. money. Yeah. Well, I know it's ridiculous, you know. and yet I <laughs> want to know. We started talking about it, and I'm like, I need to it's know. Like, yeah, it's like, how do we get here? <laughs> you have to be uh you have to be dead to be on our money that's true that is a rule you have to be really? dead for like a certain amount of time i think it's like i don't know because they had they had kennedy on like 50 cent pieces even in the 60s so i'm not sure about that part i just uh, know you have to be dead. I, I, okay. I think it may be a more recent rule i'm not gonna look that up we're not going down that hole i've already i'm in the middle of going down one hole we're not doing the other holes. <laughs> <laughs> whoa 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 all this talk about holes <laughs> oh, por- uh, so the five dollar has portrait of Sir Wilfrid Laurier, or Prime Minister, from 19- 1896 to 1911. Okay, fine. Oh, and the reverse is like a dude in space. That's much cooler. What? That is. Yeah, cool. there's like a dude doing a spacewalk on the back of this five dollar bill. <laughs> That's awesome. I want that on our money, America. Step up your game. Yeah, wasn't Armstrong on anything yet? Oh my gosh! And then there's. Th- these old dollar bills, apparently the guy, the old five dollar bills, the guy apparently looked kind of like Spock and people would draw on them to make him look like, to make him be Spock. That's amazing. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> we'll get back. Spook, not Spock. That's who we're talking about. Oh, Jesus. That was a nice segue. Well done. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> He's using his pewter to pull the cork out. Such an impressive feat of strength because they, I guess they charge extra for a corkscrew. That's how they get you. <laughs> they're not allowed to charge 600 boxings for the wine but if you want to open the wine that's going to be expensive imagine a coin shot with a corkscrew is going to be a very lethal enemy Ooh, that would be messed up 
and uh, let's see. So he starts listening in on people. He, I guess he goes to the bar to listen and spy on people and see what's going on. And this is not this is one of the shadier spots where people don't love Quillian so much because he's uh, it makes it harder to uh, be a shady character. Well, the thing that was going through my head was like, oh, yeah, sure. They're ch- like they they're selling the booze for much cheaper than it should be. But it seems like the booze in general would be something Quillian would frown upon because that's rich people drink. You want a drink? You can have this moonshine Quillian's been making out the back. <laughs> that's poor like- people drink. That's awesome. I like the idea that his government just has an official like bathtub of moonshine maker. Uh, you can't go- make fancy drinks. Who gets to be the government appointed brewer? He'd get to wear red because red's the government color, right? So yeah, it's worth it just to get some color in your wardrobe, maybe. <laughs> but what I find interesting is, uh, well, okay, before that, the ska are discussing rumors. Are the people? I don't, I don't think there's any nobles here. They're all ska at this point. Uh, they're discussing how. The uh, Quillian's talking about taking away all the coins and going to keep them in his own bank or treasury or whatever. We're getting very communist now. It's like men shouldn't have to rely on coins. Everything should be together for everybody. That's why he's like, yeah, your bread. So he's like, the Lord Ruler never let Scott have coins either, huh? And uh, they, their story is that the survivor killed the Lord Ruler, which I mean, this is a long way from Luthadel or. Away from Luthadel, at least. I guess maybe the story gets garbled in transition, but that's a pretty big difference from the survivor killed him to the survivor was killed by him. Like that's that's a different thing. Well, the the way I picture it in my head is like, oh, they've got the story. He came back from the dead specifically to kill the Lord Ruler, and I'm just like, that's kind of badass. Uh, and it, that is badass. You are correct. I like your version. It's like it's like you know, then my job is done. Then I can be at peace. So that I'm like, you just like fade away after that. Yeah. He ascended back into heaven or whatever their <laughs> theory much. is. It's been a long time since I read the first book. Isn't that what happened? <laughs> I don't know. That's what Joe I don't know, happens. man. That epilogue went by so quick. <laughs> yeah. Abrupt endings. What can you do? <laughs> and they're going to start. Quellian's going to start sorting people out. Only people with five generations of pure ska blood will be allowed to work in the government. Every time uh, they say pure, yeah, pure back how many generations, I'm just like, okay, we're getting very Slytherin here now. Yep. This is disconcerting. Yeah. And that's when Spook discovers that uh, he's not getting drunk. He's like, man, this pewter is some, some, some good shit. Pewter's a hell of a drug, as someone would say. That's a Rick James quote. <laughs> <laughs> he starts thinking about clubs again. Man, I miss clubs. He spent so much money getting me. I wonder why. And then Spook is like, man, I just want to be able to help people. And Kelsier's voice pops in again and be like, you can. You can be great like I was. And Spook realizes that no one else can hear this voice, which this would be the first time that he would have to figure that out. And then he's like, great like Kelsier? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, because Kelsier would definitely be like, Spook, you can be just like me. I was so great. (laughs) Uh, Kelsier was a little bit full of himself, so maybe... He did have a few bitch, I'm awesome moments. <laughs> and then he kind of reveals himself because he drops the bottle and then uses pewter to grab it fast before it falls to the ground. And people turn to notice him. And somebody's like, that's him. And apparently people, uh, he's like, I thought that nobody would notice me. Uh, he, he thought he hadn't been memorable enough for people to notice. Oh, but wait, I started a fight with all these guards in the middle of a giant gathering and then got thrown into like a building that they burned down maybe people did notice i'm sorry but come on yeah spook's so great we should all like spook 
<laughs> but apparently Dern has been talking about him, the, the beggar lord that we met before, and knows that he was a member of Kelsier's crew, which he did not. At, like, Dern is the guy who was like, no, I heard Kelsier talk one time. You just don't understand. So he played that really smoothly, considering. And now this loudmouth has just completely blown that secret. So good job. <laughs> Too well, much expensive if, wine. If Dern's been going around talking, then, you know. Uh, yeah, it's his own fault. And that's the end of the chapter. Where Spook just gets up and he's like, I guess I should leave now that everyone's staring at me. This also, but he also thinks like, oh, why has Dern been telling everyone my secrets? I thought he was more careful. Uh, Yeah, there's really going to be more to that. So Dern's going to mm. Dern's going to have a bigger part to play now. He's yeah, not just one of your one and dones. Definitely seems like we maybe haven't seen the last of him. Yeah, Spook just was like, cheese it. <laughs> Jeez. Second epigraph is like i said just more so yeah he stole a bunch of stuff from a bunch of uh not just the clenny he the the ska were modeled after the slave people of the kanzi and the terra stewards stewards after the servant class of Ertan. and my favorite bit is that he's like oh and yeah the church uh the imperial religion was modeled after this like bureaucracy this mercantile system <laughs> in my opinion the fact that he based his church on a financial institution shows that he was worried less about true faith and more about stability, loyalty, and quantifiable measures of devotion. That sounds about right. Yep, that fits. And then we get Vin flying through the night, and we've, we're introduced to a new development in Alimantic Magic is uh, wrapping the coins in fabric to make them quieter. Yeah, smart. I just uh, I picture her Love flying her. through the night. It's just like, don't stop me now. That would be amazing. I understand why, but I am sad she doesn't have the cloak on. Those cloaks are cool. Right? That's what I was thinking. I always, whenever I picture Vin, it's with the mist cloak on because it's awesome. Yeah. And he says the same thing in the annotations, actually. It's like, you know, Vin's reasoning makes sense why she ditched the mist cloak, but I love the image and the symbol. But he also thinks that maybe there's some symbolism to her not wearing it, like finally becoming her own woman and shrugging off the mantle that Kelsier gave her or or something meaningful like that. He says, it's like, I don't know, <laughs> something. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea that they never had to. So this is new for them because uh, in the final empire, they would be respected enough that people would just look the other way. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a misborn floating around, whatever. You know, they still point. want to be stealthy at some point, but they didn't have to be as stealthy as they do now. Yeah, I guess it's like the cloak. It's like there the cloak people saw it and they're like, oh no, leave that alone. But now we're yeah. getting more stealth. That's a really good point. So Set has given her a list of people to talk to. And I like on her way in, she's like, Ellen Ellen's calling the city like provincial, like a tiny city. It's not a small city. It's just that Ellen is used to Luthadel. That's where he lived. And it's a ginormous city. So he kind of looks down on these outer cities as, you know, not nearly as big or important. There's, there's a bunch of introspective stuff here, which I'm like, we don't necessarily need to. Although it's like the bit where she talks about, oh, I used to go to so many balls. And now looking back, foreshadowing. Yep. You know, she notices the keeps that are very much like the keeps in Luthadel. And she's like, oh, I remember. I remember this stuff. And it does. It says that the informant's nickname is Slow Swift. Oh, I missed, I missed that bit. I guess that's why I always assumed it was a nickname, because it says that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's I don't know how bad. you drew that conclusion, Data. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm making crazy logical leaps here. I still don't get what it means, but whatever. I guess it doesn't mean anything. It's 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 a it's an homage. Yeah. And I, like she shows up and like Mistborn jumps up to the balcony and just kind of sits there. And the guy's just reading his book. 
and doesn't say anything. And she's like, <clears throat> he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> Take a number, please. This guy is smooth. I will give him that. No, he's a funny guy. He's he's a lot of fun. I think he's like his first his first thing is like, do you like stories, young lady? Oh, uh, actually, yeah. okay. Very talky now that you said it. Yeah, I mean, when he starts talking about it, he's like, the kind about monsters and myths, long tales, some call them. It's like, okay, no, yeah, this is Tolkien. It's totally, uh, I get it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I got a totally different vibe. It's like, when do you like stories? Uh, I just heard, like, do you like scary movies? <laughs> <laughs> That's What's kind of What's your favorite? <laughs> so now he's wearing a mask. He's going to stab the fool. Yep. <laughs> Wait, no, it's a different movie. Never mind. <laughs> and so... She's like, uh, so I, I was told you could give information. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing I do. And I like, she says, Set, Set gave me your name. He's like, oh, the scoundrel's still alive, eh? And then we find out that Set is a poet. And they used to write one another like a decade ago, sharing stories and poetry and things. But Set likes gritty and real stuff, even in his poetry. Like, this feels very, it just makes me think of like this kind of book versus like game of thrones where it's like he, it's like sanderson is taking a dig and it's like yeah some people everything has to be all gritty and stuff i uh, just it's like oh set is Zack snyder um yeah that's kind of what i thought of too <laughs> <laughs> nope that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. we'll have the snyder cut of this book eventually where it's oh, all about shit. set and sets adventures <laughs> like, how unfair ellen is to set and all this it's great but Vin says she's here to get information about Yeoman, the Obligator King. I like that title, the Obligator King. It just sounds cool. Rolls off the tongue. And Slow Swift's first thing is that he's a good man. And Vin's like, okay. He's like, he's a better king than Set ever was. Which I believe, because Set yeah, clearly I'm, sucks. I feel like that's kind of a low bar. <laughs> I mean, you not like... Uh, from what we know of Set, it's like probably not the bar you you, you could like you um, struggle to limbo under, but still not high. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we jumped right over the most important information we get in this chapter. Oh, really? Set's a master poet. What? I mentioned. <laughs> I said that. I know, but I feel like we didn't talk about it enough. Like, I mean, do really? You, do you? Do you really want to think about the sort of poetry Set would write? I don't. Yeah, I guess it'd be <laughs> like like what would what would that be like, Dak? Let's. Let's wonder and think and then possibly come up with uh, what, what we it? think. Yeah, exactly. Like, is I'm it? picturing there once was a man from Nantucket type of stuff, you know? <laughs> Set is just a dirty limerick guy. Yeah. It has to be gritty, apparently. So I don't know what gritty poetry is exactly. Poets? Poetry about dirt. <laughs> I was thinking, no, like, no, an no, epic about poem, ash. like a Beowulf type thing, but okay. Uh, well, that's like epic poetry. Do you think Seth's one of those guys? I don't know. It doesn't really say. He's probably just like all his poetry is about blood and death and war oh, and not being able to use your legs, so you got to poop in <laughs> weird places. Please, please, please tell me he's not the hero of ages and like the epigraphs are just his life <laughs> poem. Yep, it's all yeah. his poetry. You, you got it. It's actually we didn't notice, but it's an iambic pentameter. Seth can't even spell iambic pentameter. <laughs> You don't need to to write in it. It's fine. <laughs> Unless you want to rhyme iambic pentameter in your poem. That might be tough. And second, that's what he's, he's, work. A poem of plot holes and spelling in, errors. That has to go in the set poem now. <laughs> is, 
I, I like this idea that it's not gritty set. It's just a really meta poet and he writes poetry about poetry. Oh, but the way Joe describes that he's like a goth kid in high school. <laughs> who's like writing all these poems about death and darkness. Yeah. I'm taking poops in weird places. Don't forget that. I, I, I was, I was going to not go back to that, but okay. Yeah. Well, you know. Today, the ash covered my latrine. Yeah. It was but unpleasant. It, it didn't matter <laughs> because I couldn't use my legs to get to the latrine. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I we find out. lost that... any bag. <laughs> oh, son... oh, no, no, no. <laughs> my no, son, no. Meow Meow, has to change it for me. <laughs> I'm a burden on him. I wish he... I was dead, and so does he. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We find out that Yeoman's approach to rule is uh, more or less what Straff Venture had in mind, where it's like, we're going back to the old days of the Lord Ruler. This is how he did stuff, that's how we're going to do stuff. And we know that there were people, even Ska, who wanted to go back to this system in the previous book. It's being free and running all the stuff, it's a burden and scary in a lot of ways when it's completely different from what you've known. So apparently, people in uh, Fadrex are kind of happy. It's stable. Yeah. They know their place, and you know wherever that is, they're content. It's sad, but I I buy it. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. But it's it's to the point that they're throwing balls, just like uh, back in Luthadel, and I guess obviously in Fadrex before everything fell, before the Lord Ruler died, they most had balls here too. But anyway, and Yeoman attends all of the balls in person, unlike the Lord Ruler, so that everyone can see him and see that everything's working smoothly. And Vin's like, okay, yeah, whatever. What are Yeoman's weaknesses? How can we get to him? And the guy's like, why would I tell you that? I just said that I like the guy. And she's like, well, because you're an informant, you sell information. That's what you do. It's right there in the name. And he's like, eh. He's like, you don't know me. Yeah, kind of. But he's, he's, she's like, you're not very helpful. And he's like, why should I care? He has a and, point. Well, yeah. But that gives Vin the opportunity to come back with her whole speech. Like, it, it, it's almost like the conversation's over. She says that he seems to think the conversation's over. And maybe she starts turning to leave. And she's like, you know what? I'll tell you why you should care, old man. Basically, because the world is ending, okay? Yeah. More more dark poetry. It's like the world's ending. <laughs> and I still can't walk. I should have written, written a poem to convince him. That's what we needed, really. Yeah. I mean, at this point... You know, we're not going to take it kicks in. She's like, listen here, old man. I know more about the world than you'll ever know. Teacher, leave those kids alone. I'm digging uh, the soundtrack for Miss Paul and the Music. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk last time about how there had to be singing at some point. So maybe oh, she, the speech is given in song. Yeah, we got to pitch this to Brandon. He's going to love it. <laughs> He's like, how am I going to get the rights to all these songs? And they're like, hey. We're just the idea men, you know, and and woman. Like we 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 don't know about clearing rights, bro. That's on you. Yeah, <laughs> we know nothing about copyright law. But uh, his response is like, apparently they've heard the rumors all the way out here. And Fadrax, when you look at the map, is a lot farther away from Luthadel than uh, Urto is. So I think man, the the rumors must have reached Urto also, or the stories about Vin. They just apparently have chosen not to believe them. But he's like, yeah, you're supposed to stop the ash and turn the sun yellow again. Heir of the survivor, hero of ages. Who's who's going around calling her hero of ages, like, in these stories? Like, who knew that term? And then after the disaster of the the Well of Ascension, it's like, oh, yeah, she's the hero of ages. It's great. Well, I guess yeah, how public is the knowledge of the disaster at the well? 
Well, but I think the people who know Hero of Ages, because that only comes from, like, the book that they found and the rubbing that Saze took. And so the people who know about the what happened at the well would also be those same people who know about the other thing. I guess. At least I think. Maybe I'm crazy. Does the Hero of Ages factor into the Survivor religion at all? I know they that she's Lady Air, but do they start calling her the Hero of Ages? Because the religion despite it going through Chinese whispers to get through to the other parts of the empire, may, maybe that's how it's spreading? Yeah, that's a really good point. Damu might be in the know about this stuff, and he might have started preaching. Oh, that's a good mm. thought. Yeah, or maybe Swift Swallow, or whatever his name is. Maybe <laughs> he, like, maybe he just knows extra stuff, because he's actually, like, super informed. He's, like, a super secret informant. Who knows all all kinds of stuff? Well, he, I mean, he's a poet. He might have found some old poetry about the hero of ages. Could be, could be. Mm. Well, whatever, uh, whatever slow swallow is doing, uh, you know, it's good. I, I like Joe's approach to these names. It's like it's like my D and D character who in our in our story who I've got a running joke with him that he doesn't bother to remember anybody's name, and Joe's just the same thing on the podcast except he's himself. So yeah, <laughs> I don't care about names. That's that's me. I mean, I know his name is Slow Swift or whatever. I just <laughs> think it's funnier to call him Sw- Sw- Swift Swallow. It's sexual. Just ask Jefferson. Yeah. Yep. Good guy. Good guy. Jefferson Twilight or whatever his name is. Jefferson Twilight. <laughs> it's, a, it's a character from the Venture Brothers. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I thought you screwed up the band Jefferson Starship. No. <laughs> I suspect the character from the Venture Brothers might be based on that in some way. But okay. Could be. Does he build a city on rock and roll? No, he's a he's a blackula hunter. He hunts <laughs> vampires, but only black vampires. <laughs> oh wait, no, I definitely, definitely did get to that part in Venture Brothers. That's like yeah. second season, I think. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we don't need to delve into that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I, hey, uh, we're gonna a strong referral on Venture Brothers. Is all I'm saying. No, great if you show. haven't watched it. And you think the stupid things that we say are funny. Oof, go watch Venture Brothers. Way better. <laughs> it, it's much more stupid and funny. Yes. Uh, the Mighty Monarch. Apparently Vin's speech was effective. And Yeoman's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Or not Yeoman, sorry, Slow Swift. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Sit down. Yeoman's a good, a mediocre leader. Which usually would be fine. Especially since he's better than the one we had before that. <clears throat> Set sucks. But... <laughs> The world is ending, and I've heard that your husband is a man of vision and action. If we're going to survive, we will need to be part of that. He, and we find out that Yeoman has an unfailing belief in the Lord Ruler. And Finn's like, but but he's dead. And Slow says, yeah, yeah, and your survivor? He's pretty dead too, right? Last I checked, he was somewhat dead. He's <laughs> like, so, isn't he dead? Oh, only slightly, only slightly. There's, there's levels. I mean, it depends who you ask. Yeah, mm. true. around. You'll soon be dead in a moment. I'm not dead. <laughs> stone dead in a moment. It's a stone dead. Not you'll soon be dead in a moment. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I mean Jamie's right. Spook definitely seems to think that Kelsey are still hanging around somewhere. So maybe he is. I mean, we still have theories that he's like the mist ghost or he's something else, right? So he could be out there. I mean, fighting. his body's definitely gone. It got digested. Yeah. Yeah. Only the bones are left, and we still don't know where those ended up. So, 
Yeoman, the, the weaknesses that Slow Swift tells Vin, she keeps being like, these are, this is not a weakness. I don't, he's like, his other weakness is his wealth. And Vin's like, okay, you're just, you're just messing with me now, right? Like being rich is a weakness since when, but apparently he has mysterious amounts of money and from where no one knows. Ooh. And Vin thinks, oh, he has the adium. And Slow Swift's like, dude, you, you reacted way too strongly to that. You need to learn to like control yourself when talking to an informant. <laughs> just... I love this guy. He's fun. He's pretty funny. And then Vin tries to leave, and he's like, uh, uh, excuse me, money? He's like, oh, yeah, right, right, money. Informants, right? They always want to be paid. Jeez. Karma. Karma. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she decides she's going to pick somebody from the other end of the spectrum. She went to this rich guy's house. She's going to now go and see a beggar, one named Hoyd, that Seth says can be found on a particular square late at night. And she goes there, and she sees him. She says the man was humming to himself, as the instructions said he might be doing. So I, he seems alive. He's humming. If it's him. If Yeah, if it's the same one. Yeah. I was, Who I was kind of hoping, like, he would try and do the whole, oh, my eyesight's not so good, and Vin would just go, yeah, bitch, please, you're burning pewter. <laughs> That'd be good. Who knows what he would have done, because Vin starts, and then she hesitates, and something tells her that there's something off here. This is not a good idea. And she's like, Ellen would have wanted to know why and figure out what was going on. And she's like, no, I trust my instincts. If something feels off, I don't go. I realized a second ago I said burning pewter. I should have said burning tin. My bad. I kind of assumed you meant tin. And then I was like, oh, or maybe pewter too. Why not? I mean, yeah, I guess you could burn pewter and have bad eyesight at the same time. That would suck. Yeah. Anyway, my bad. I wonder what happens if you have really bad eyesight, but you also burn tin. Do you just get like regular vision? That's a good question. Questions. I want answers. And so she starts kind of hopping around the city, looking at stuff, going towards the next informant. And then she realizes something is following her. And she thinks that it must be another Mistborn. Uh, It says he was moving with quick, easy bounds, following at a safe distance. Must be a Mistborn because she's not feeling him burn anything. But is uh he seems to be burning copper and steel that's the only explanation she comes up with for what's going on so she's like oh must be another mistborn if he's burning at least two metals right so and then she realizes that it is the mist spirit who she has not seen since it stabbed elland she says the mist spirit is not ruin which makes sense because the mist spirit was around before that and tried to stop them from letting ruin out so probably not ruin right She's like, I guess I don't even know for sure that was the spirit, but it just seems like it probably was. And she goes back to camp because she's kind of freaked out now. Which, yeah, we still don't know exactly what the Miss Spirit's game is, so we know that it stabs yeah. people. It, well, it, 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 it has trouble communicating. Clearly. I'll it's, play uh, your game, you rogue. <laughs> being followed by ghosts. Oh, not again. <laughs> And then we come to the last epigraph for today, which I kind of mentioned this earlier. I'd kind of forgotten there was an epigraph, like in the previous book or something. I talked about it, but he gives some more detail here. So the Lord Ruler manipulated technology. It says that he suppressed some technological advancements that had already been made, like gunpowder already existed. But Rashek did not like the way that it made that it made it was much easier to learn and could make a common man nearly as effective as an archer with years of training. So he preferred the archers. It's harder to create an army to fight him if you need years of training 
which is one of the problems that we had in the first book was it's hard to gather and train an army. So it, it startled me. The fact that gunpowder was even a thing. I'm just like, Oh, fantasy universe with gunpowder. How often does that happen? And it's like, Oh, there's actually a reason for it not to be here, which I thought was cool. And it's actually, that is, I remember like studying gunpowder. Uh, I think it was in high school and had to do a big assignment on it. And it's like, yeah, it was, that was actually legitimate. Like it was frowned upon among the noble classes because of how easy it was for a peasant to use it against a knight. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot like, of sense, right? It's like, this is actually super cool. Not the fact that it reminded me of high school. That sucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> actually, That's Brandon funny. has a note about that in the annotations where he's like, gunpowder's mentioned here. It's odd how we fantasy fans feel an inherent and deep aversion to gunpowder. We have this idea that guns will damage the fantasy feel of a book. Mm, uh, is that why he made the next series in the Old West? <laughs> He says, I still remember reading a fantasy book when I was younger. I think it was one of Robin McKinley's and running across a passage where it mentioned the characters had rifles. I felt suddenly and strangely betrayed as if the book had just been ruined. That's silly, of course. A story can have guns and still be a fantasy. Pirates of the Caribbean proves that. Still, I'm hesitant to use guns. Maybe I will someday, but for now I'm keeping them out. Fortunately, in this series, I had a very good reason. <laughs> Let's go to the ancient West. <laughs> <laughs> My I guess gun it kind of explains. swords. I guess it kind of explains, though. Like I think it was back when we were reading Final Empire, and you were talking about certain technology that existed, and it's like, well, if that sort of level of technology exists, why wouldn't something like that exist? And so it's mm -hmm. nice to sort of tie that into like how he felt the need to explain sort of the science behind the metals and all that sort of stuff. It's not just because that's how it is. There is a reason, and I really respect that. Yeah. Like it. Turn, turns out Rushek was every geriatric politician ever saying, I don't like this newfangled thing. It's going to disrupt my way of life, so I'm going to suppress it. Well, but I, I think it oh. interestingly goes back to that email that Angela sent where she's like, they're using the word microorganisms and all these other things would have been developed before they had this concept of microorganisms. And so now it's like, maybe some things were and they've just been suppressed. Maybe they had microscopes and Rushek's like, nah, I don't think so. Get that out of here. I don't want you to know my secrets. I don't want you to know about the midichlorians. <laughs> oh no no oh, wow. no that'll Why be the secret at the end of the book is the midichlorians <laughs> and the, the key to everything microorganisms uh, the midichlorians and the force well that's just micro microscopic organisms in your blood called midichlorians look if you're gonna take this seriously i'm out of here <laughs> uh, oh that's a good dbz abridged moment i thought that was robot chicken oh maybe you're right both, both, both good. Oh yeah, both are good. I like this uh, this introduction to Ellen and Vin here, where Ellen's like, "Are you sure it was the Miss Spirit?" And she's like, "I don't actually know. I just got spooked and left." <laughs> spooked. But uh, Ellen's just like, "No, good call." <laughs> and Vin's like, "But Sazed was convinced convinced that the Miss Spirit wasn't evil." And he's like, "Yes, so was I until it stabbed me." And then we're, he's, he's very like, flippant about it. He's like, "He's like that was right about the time it stabbed me." No, I'm not holding a grudge. Why do you ask? <laughs> it's like he says, I was I was the one telling you that I felt it was friendly and then it stabbed me and then we weren't friends anymore. He's I'm like, not yeah, a flip flopper. I got new information and it changed my mind. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I, I still hold a grudge against that thing. Haven't you noticed? I'm like, that's why I've got this new surplus of electric fans in case it comes near me again. <laughs> <laughs> you started to say, like, that's why I've got and in my mind. I went to like a uh, proton pack. He's like, I'm ready. If this ghost shows up again. No, he's, no, he's just like advanced technology, so now they have a leaf blower. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, charge it up, boys. Don't cross the streams. 
I don't know where you plug in the leaf blower, or I don't think they have like gas to put in the leaf blower either. So I'm not sure how it works. But yeah. it's a pewter powered oh, leaf blower. Mm, makes sense. No, it doesn't. So maybe, maybe we can sell it out. Nope. To the red sun. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. We don't have enough light to grow plants. You think we can power a solar powered leaf blower? <laughs> Man, this one really sucks. Uh, and they get into a talk about the mist spirit and what's going on in the world. And the mist itself, and Elsa, you still feel like the mist hates you? And she's like, or the mist spirit, and he's like, look, I, I don't know. I, I just feel hatred, okay? And he says, are you sure this, the spirit is not what makes people sick? And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. She's just, she's really sure, and Elton's not at all sure why, but yeah. okay. I feel like I can't trust Vin's really sure anymore, because it mm. hasn't paid off for us in the past, so. <laughs> it has let us down at a couple of important moments. I was like, her, her, her being sure of things like it worked for a while until it really didn't. <laughs> but she still trusts it. That's why she didn't go and see Hoyt. She's like, no, nah, I got a bad feeling about this. I mean, her instincts are okay. Like she can sense when something's up or oh, I don't really know how I feel about this. But yeah, I mean, that last one was really quite an intense muck up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, yeah, trust your instincts and things like that. But maybe other things just have a bit more information before you decide to release ruin on the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I was doing quite well. And then I unleashed Satan. So, you know, six <laughs> of one, half dozen the other. Yeah. Can't win them all. Yeah. Yeah. Vin's the worst, huh? <laughs> I love Vin. It's just one of my favorite just, characters what's the, Chris, what's the Chris Pratt thing from Parks and Rec? I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, my bad. <laughs> is, it, is it Voldemort Putin? Love to take that bastard down. We have an introspective moment here where they're talking about Vin bringing back the yellow sun and blue sky, blah, blah, blah. And Ellen's like, I can't really imagine my wife doing like anything about the color of the sun or the falling ash. And he's like, you know, Damu's right. I'm not a very good member of the Church of the Survivor. <laughs> That's what happens when you're married to a holy figure. It's just awkward. I don't recommend it in case yeah, anyone was like, because uh, <laughs> you've been through that. <laughs> you know, I don't like to talk about it, but <laughs> your wife is Pope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is not the Pope. She is Pope. <laughs> uh, space Pope. The Space Pope. So she's a lizard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Ellen's like, you know what? Let's do it then. Let's save the world. Stop the ash. As opposed and, to what they were already doing. Well, yeah. I mean, well, they had a, a discussion early in the book, and she mentions it, where it's like, okay, Ellen's going to work on the Empire thing. Vin's going to work on the saving the world from ash and stuff thing. But now Ellen's like, no, we're going to work together. And this is where I, I think Jamie mentioned it's like they get out in the open. It's like we can't actually talk about stuff. And so, so again, down, you're just going to have to trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes <laughs> down uh, to. She's like, I just need you to trust me. Ellen, now it's uh, just blind trust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ellen's like, Ben, you can talk to me about anything. And he's like, she's like, no, no, no. I, I literally can't tell you what I'm thinking. <laughs> and it's kind of sweet where she's like, you know, I, I have trouble trusting myself. So I have to rely on you and your trust in me, which is kind of cute. <laughs> and then he's like, during those days when you refused to marry me, I constantly thought about how strange you were. And she's like, okay, well that's romantic. <laughs> But at least in my favorite uh, exchange of the entire chapter where he's like, OK, but look, you know, you have to admit that you're weird. OK, plus 
in the short three years we've been together, you've okay. killed my God, my father, my brother, and my fiance. We talked about that before. We we left the fiance yeah. out though when we talked about it last. Yeah, time. we we completely forgot about Shan. <laughs> Shan. <laughs> and and his and his half brothers that she didn't even know about. Yeah, I don't think any of the and no one's alive who knew that those guys were his brothers. So yeah. that's never well, come last, out. Last person who did, she literally cut in half. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's he says that's kind of like a homicidal hat trick. <laughs> Homicidal hat trick, new band name, I call it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. There's a note in the annotations where he goes, my editor tried very hard to get me to cut the homicidal hat trick line. Not because it wasn't clever, but because he felt it was anachronistic, as the phrase is a commonly used metaphor in modern sports. However, I was able to prove via Wikipedia, which in in parentheses, which is infallible, that the term was used as early as the 19th century – and didn't always refer to sports, but to three wins in a row in even simple games of chance. So grudgingly, he let me keep it in. <laughs> um, I'm going to take like just take one for everyone here and just say, editor, shut up and let the cool <laughs> shit through. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if it sounds awesome, you just got to let it stay. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about a world where they ingest metal <laughs> to burn it to produce some kind of magical power. I don't think the word hat trick is our biggest issue with what's plausible. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, in fairness, we say this, but a few episodes ago, we did have a good old laugh about the fact that um, Set said someone could suck it. So. Yep, that's well, true. Yeah, They can suck on it, and we're like, wait a second. Wasing with the suck. <laughs> I mean, Brent, what does Wikipedia say about that? Oh my <laughs> Maybe that's also got a 19th or 18th century <laughs> origin. Yeah, that- People have been sucking on things forever. What are you talking about? Since it's caveman time. It's actually it's a 16th century insult over a game of chess, telling someone to, like, after their king has been checkmated, they can then suck on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that Joe turned it into spook talk, because now I feel like that's spook flirting. Yeah. Oh. He's like, hey, girl. He's like, hey, he's like, hey girl. Wasn't with the suck. <laughs> and then his eyebrows go up and down really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, what? And he's like, um, this n- is nothing. Uh, when you said the eyebrows going up and down, all I saw was like the the gif of um, Millhouse doing that. <laughs> and now Spook is now Spook is Millhouse. Spook is totally Millhouse. Yeah, you're right. That. Everything's coming up, Spook. Oh man, now I got a god that's taking over my like, <laughs> giving me all the telling me to do all this stuff that's not good millhouse even has the glasses so you just gotta like wrap a cloth around them and it's like okay you're spook yeah yeah oh gosh yep i i going back to what I, you said uh, earlier if, if millhouse burned tin he'd probably just have regular eyesight yeah <laughs> yeah i uh anytime i think of millhouse the only gif i think of is the one where he's playing frisbee with himself <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, I, I like that also that Vin's reaction to him being like, you killed all these people, like my whole, all my family and stuff. It's kind of a strange foundation for a relationship. And she just rolls her eyes at him. And he's just like, I'm glad I don't have any other close relatives, except for you, of course. And she's like, well, I'm not going to drown myself if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> Ellen's yeah. really lucky that she's taking this well, because <laughs> if, if, if she was in a slightly different mindset that day, you know, as a wife and my husband just kept going, Oh, but, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, you killed my whole family, and, and, like, this was a homicidal hat trick. And, you know, you know, it's kind of, kind of a weird foundation for, you know, I would be like, dig up, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listeners, this I want to make clear cool she has not killed my whole family. 
<laughs> yeah, to be fair, if you had killed his whole family, I feel like you'd be entitled to say something like that. Yeah, I was about to say, if you'd actually done it, then I feel like that's I one mean, of those yeah, things that you just have to be like, okay, no, that's yeah, fair. I got, I got to live with this. I got to live with the Are fact you... that I killed them. And, Remember the time you burned down my childhood home? <laughs> Wait, You've accepted happen? this about this person for a no. solid year now. <laughs> That's true. And and now you're like, oh yeah, but like it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you have to. Killed, she killed his fiance <laughs> before they even really got together. So. And Vince just true. like, why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> I thought we were past stuff? this, Ellen. Oh in in fairness, like maybe this he intended these to be his uh, marriage vows, but then their wedding ceremony went by so quick he never got a chance to use them, so he's just been holding yep. on to them for so long. Yep. Imagine if the they did have time to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> He would have had a book then up there I have, and just like read out a whole book of vows. Then I have loved you since the day we met, and I loved you even more every time you killed someone who was a dick to me that I might have been related to. <laughs> yeah, Straff was no big loss. Shan was no big loss. He didn't know his brother well enough to have been like be insulted by. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like one of my, one of the best comedic beats of the second book was I have a brother. You had a brother. <laughs> yeah. she's like keep up you had one he's dead now oh, gosh. i just killed him yeah <laughs> he's like uh you know the thing i'm the most thankful for vin is that you drink the blood of my enemies okay you also have to be my family and anyway um ellen's trying to write a letter <laughs> to yeoman in metal so that i guess ruin doesn't change all the words to be like suck it yeoman when he, yeoman gets the letter so that's a good plan <laughs> Yeah, that would be awesome, though, if he did change it to that. <laughs> Yeoman's, like, not familiar with the parlance. He he didn't hang out with Seth enough. He's just like, suck it. Suck what? <laughs> but he makes an interesting point that he's like, you remember when I executed Jastes? And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, that was good. You should have done that. He's like, yeah, but I killed him for leading a group of Kolos to my city and letting them attack the people. But that's the exact same thing I now have just done to this city. She's like, well, you can control them, though. And he's like, yeah, Jastys thought that, too. Which is, okay, you're, you got a, kind of a point. What's what's that uh, line from One Division? It's like, that's an oversimplification of events, but yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is where they're like, he's just like, man, I just wish I could talk to this guy. And Vin's like, oh, do you? Well, they're having balls, and King Yeoman attends every single one. And... Ellen's like, wait. So you're saying we should? Are you suggesting we go to the ball in the middle of <laughs> the middle of a city that we're currently besieging? And she's like, yeah, why not? We're misborn. We do what we want. She just wants to go to a party. She just wants to dress up and yeah. feel like she has a normal night out with her husband. They're not conquering other people's kingdoms and things. She just wants to go out and just feel special, you know? Who can play? I, I feel like the last time we had date night. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is kind of part of conquering another city, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah. I also like how Ellen like just jumps up. He's like, I'm ready. Let me whip out my thick book and let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it, it is kind of funny. They're talking about, oh, yeah, we're just going to disguise ourselves, sneak into the city and show up at a social engagement in set city. Kind of what set did to us. That is the thing that happened. Yep. I hadn't thought about that. And so, yeah, Ellen agrees to it. I like the part where she's like, you think this is a good idea? And he's like, no, it's a crazy idea. But it does have something going for it. And she's like, yeah, let's just uh, let's just do this thing. And so they're going to go. And that's when what somebody mentioned earlier, where all of a sudden she's like, oh, and I was like, what, 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 what's wrong? Assassins, Mr. Colossus. She's like, I don't have a dress. I don't have a gown. 
What a great place to end our three chapters this week. It's perfect. What a cliffhanger. I don't. I, I didn't bring a gown. Yeah, she's gonna wear the red one this sitcom time. moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we already talked about you know the, the Venture Brothers sitcom and a couple other sitcoms that we were putting together. So yeah, that no, works. <laughs> Finn doesn't have a dress for date night. Oh no. Credits. <laughs> Please stand okay. by. So let us get into some predicaments. How about? Uh, Joe, you can go first this time. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me get stand up here and squeak my chair so everybody can hear that on the podcast. Yes, that's the right thing to do. All that's right. right. I'm pretty sure I heard a cat yelling earlier. Yeah, sorry. She's been asleep. No, it wasn't Alice. Uh, Alice was yelling. Oh, okay. She's like, mine has not face. been yelling. So. Was, she, I've had babies crying, though. So. Oh, yeah. I heard the babe. The babes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're all kind of uh, there on this, but Spook's definitely being talked to by Ruin, who's pretending to be Kelsier. I mean, it's got to... It, I'm, I'm, like, uh, almost certain on this. I mean, it's way too out of Kelsier's character. Plus, I mean, as much as we might like to think so, Kelsier's gone. I don't think this is Kelsier or Kelsier's spirit coming back to help Spook. I think we must be right with this hemolurgy stuff. Like, I don't know if it can be done by accident or if it's simple... Or if it is as simple as you got stabbed in with this metal through your body and that person had this was a misting of this type. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's just that simple. It might be. Um, I think they said um, it went through the guy's chest and we know from the prologue that it has to go through the heart. So yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it may be just that simple. It's like, that's how it happens. That's how it works. But I think this pewter is not a gift from Kelsier. It's a gift from in quotes, a gift from ruin because that guy was a thug and so just so happens that he got that power i think that's pretty much what's going on here uh so i predict spook's going to be manipulated and used for bad which do i feel kind of bad i i mean yeah but i i don't like spook that much and you know the guy <laughs> made his choices they were bad choices he like, didn't choose to get stabbed. He didn't choose to get stabbed, but he chose to like walk up to that lady in the middle of her brother giving a giant speech where everybody could see him. He made yeah, okay, a bad choice, which led to the per- situation that he's in now. And so not much, not really much to be done here. I mean, he's going to be used. So I guess my prediction is that I, I don't know how he's going to be used yet, but my prediction is Ruin is going to manipulate him and use him, imposing as Kelsier. As far as the Vin and Ellen thing, I think they're actually – this was – this this chapter, Vin um, – I'm going to kind of skip over chapter two because besides uh, Slow Swift, I don't know that there's like a whole lot to glean from that chapter. Slow Swift, I feel like he's probably going to come back. He's cool. Uh, he's pretty cool. But anyway, so going on to the, the third chapter that we read, I like this plan between Vin and Ellen of um, each working on their own portion and not having to talk about it. It's just like if I tell you to do this – I need you to just trust me and do it because we've got we're working towards the same goal, but we can't really talk about what we're doing. I, I think that's a really smart plan, and I, I think it's going to pay off for him. And then uh, I'm really excited that that Vin had the idea to just go to the ball and like show up and be like, hey, we're here. What up, Yeoman? So I'm I think that that's actually going to work out really well for them. Normally, when they go into situations like that, I'm like, oh, that might end up going badly. But I think it's actually going to work in their favor quite a bit. So I'm excited for when we get to that part. Mist having a Tencent chapter this time, but maybe the next one's a Tencent chapter, so we'll see, but want want more Tencent. Mm. Sure. Tencent's cool. He's a doggy. Again. 
He wasn't for a while. Joe's a fan of dogs. It all makes sense. I do enjoy dogs. I have a nice little corgi that sheds everywhere, but I still love him. (laughs) He's a a good dog. Yeah, I think uh, what you're saying makes sense for the most part. Maybe. For the most part, maybe, huh? Yeah, that's the... (laughs) That's that. That's my uh, my patented hedge at the end. So I guess we will see about some of these. I I, I still love that. It's like no no matter what happens to Spook, you're just like I don't I don't feel sorry for this guy. He's he's making I his mean, own decisions. He made his bed. He has to lie in it. Why can't you just talk right? Yeah, all of those things. Some Look of those at what things. happens when he tries to pick up chicks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Poor I mean, guy. is it cool that he's like the only? guy we know that has only two powers i mean maybe but not really <laughs> maybe <Not really. laughs> uh, how many powers does a person need before you can be cool huh either all of them or only one of them oh okay fair enough <laughs> uh dak what do you got this week not a whole lot it's like uh yeah i'm convinced that now spook has become an accidental inquisitor and ruin has a direct line to his brain posing as kelsia so he's going to lead him down a dark path i feel like, I mean, we know Sazed and Breeze are going to show up in mm-hmm. Urto fairly soon, so I feel like Ruin is going to keep Spook on the run a bit and try and just, you know, keep like keep him away from them because they might notice that something is wrong and try and take the metal out, which Ruin mm. obviously doesn't want. So I feel like they're going to go in looking for Spook, and everyone's like, I don't know, He's, he's dead, man. And then they hear the rumors that, no, no, he's alive. And so they go looking for him. But Spook always just stays away from him because Kelsey is telling him to ruin Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't quite know what's going to happen when Vin and Ellen go to this ball, but it ain't going to go well. Like something's going to go wrong. I f- yeah. I feel like it'll, it'll turn out to be a trap at some point, but I don't know how. So I'll see how that goes. But I feel like the next couple of chapters, because yeah, like Joe said, no ten soon. So one of the next few chapters is gonna have ten soon doing like the dog out of hell act and escaping. <laughs> so I can't wait for that. Okay, so you're saying that they've made this plan that they've told us to go to this ball and it's not gonna go exactly as they plan and everything's not gonna be oh, perfect. Some, some plan, like their plan is let's show up. <laughs> it is it is such a well thought out plan, right? <laughs> I don't know if there's extra steps they haven't told us this plan or like they just haven't said out loud because they can't say things out loud. But mm. from what we know, like that seems to be the extent of it. Let's go. Okay, then okay. what? Okay, <laughs> that's a good point. It's like, okay, what now? We're here. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's uh. let's mingle. It's like, oh look, a dessert table. Yeah, they're just gonna chow down. They're gonna eat all his snacks. That's that's how they get him. <laughs> uh. Let's let's starve them out. Eat everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> So much. <laughs> How do you like your wealth now? Happy birthday, yeoman! Like it's not his birthday. <laughs> they just they just start like smashing cakes and stuff. They're like, <laughs> I want it, I want this to happen. I want there to be cakes that get smashed. This is awesome. <laughs> they just like throw it on the ground, start stomping on it, and he's like, "What the, the hell ground? is wrong with these people?" <laughs> My dad's on a cell phone. Duh. Vid's uh, just running around screaming, "Food fight!" I'm sure that the nobles just like yeah whatever. <laughs> Nobility loves a food fight, right? Yeah. Okay, Jamie, how about you? You got anything interesting this time? Not to imply uh, that other people did not. To... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking burn. <laughs> oh man. No. Dak, I need no, some I... ointment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're all sort of thinking along the same lines in in relation to Spook and Ruin. 
Um, I was sort of thinking more about how Zane got his powers and was he potentially run through because he, he had that spike in him and did, did a Mistborn die for him to get Mistborn powers because presumably if he had, you know, all other spikes, then he'd have all the powers. You'd have to get them individually, but could you just get them from one Mistborn? Not sure. If that's the case and Zane had those powers, did Ruin have that reach earlier? Is it just intensified now? Spook, I'm concerned what he's going to do next, whether he's going to be, I don't know, tricked into gaining more power. Is he going to just fall under Ruin and be totally manipulated and used or is he going to actually have he, he's got good intentions of trying to help the rest of the crew but is he going to be a help or is he going to be a problem because now he's going to be I guess a direct line through with Ruin and maybe Ruin would see some opportunity there I don't know mm. I'm a little bit concerned about that side of things and how that's going to play out I think Spook, the Spook that we know has good intentions but yeah. You know, you see what happens to the Inquisitors <laughs> over time and they get psycho. That's so. true. And Marsh had good intentions at first also. And yeah. that didn't go so well for him. No. So time will tell on that one. I I like the idea that Vin and Ellen would have a bit of luck at the ball. I think where um, if they were willing to leave Yeoman in that seat of power and not disrupt what's going on there too much, if they could actually work together sort of cooperatively and not threaten his position and and what's going on in the city, if the city's doing reasonably well, I think it will be okay. But we know Ellen's not really thinking along those lines. Like they are a threat and they do have to, you know, be active against. So whether the wheels fall off early or whether they fall off later, I still like the idea that they have a bit of a win. You know, we've had so many conflicts of coming up with a leader and it's not going well. You know, it didn't go well with Set, didn't go with, well with Straff. It's not going well with the citizen. It might be nice to have someone else who's willing to, to jump on board. And the fact that we've got Slow Swift going, yeah, look, he's not a great leader, but, you know, things are okay here. It's, he's better than Set. Um, the people might be okay sort of as they are for the time being. And maybe it's maybe it's more about gaining the cooperation than it is completely overthrowing their city at this time. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But I, I'd like to think it's going to go well. Yeah, I mean, that would be a change of pace, wouldn't it, to have a, a conflict with another leader where the other leader is actually reasonable and uh, yeah. talks to you not and to maybe say, he's just like, hey, you have a good point. Yeah, not, not to say that it wouldn't end in conflict at some point throughout the book, but it might be nice to have someone there at the moment and especially if they're if they're kind of struggling in terms of we don't have alamances unless they've managed to find a whole bunch of them mm-hmm. you know we're not really the strongest in the strongest position we could be then having an alliance would work for them as well but it's also whether because they've reinstated this nobility and scar dynamic that we had previously do they really want Ellen in there as the emperor He's yes, he's got the nobility behind him, but Vin doesn't. And now they're married and trying to take over the whole empire, and you know that could go down pretty poorly. But mm. I guess it'll come down to for everyone what's the lesser of the evils immediately. So. Well, one conflict that I guess we should be able to see coming potentially at this point is that Slow Swift told Vin that this guy is a that Yeoman is a firm believer in the Lord Ruler. 
And Vin is the one who killed the Lord Ruler, so it seems like that might be a sticking point at some point. But Yeah, true. You had a really interesting question that we've kind of touched on before about what would happen, you know, if you can use these spikes to steal powers, what happens if you, like, kill a Mistborn? Does one spike get all their powers? Do you get one power from a Mistborn? If you did get one power, how would you decide what, how would you determine which power you're getting? It's, mm. that's something we haven't really seen that we know of, at least. So it's kind of an interesting question. No, and, and we sort of know as well that Straff was so desperate to have a Mistborn or an Alamancer in the family. Mm, and yep, we got that yep. insight uh, last week that Ellen had his beating and beating the children to get them to snap was completely normal. What if Straff just got super desperate and went, hey, Inquisitors do this? You know, maybe some of the nobility actually already know how that works mm. and decided, all right, well, I mean, I can, if I'm going to get a Mistborn out of it, I can kill another Mistborn. That's fine. How how early does that happen in life? Who Who even knows? But yeah, we might we might have some answers with Zane. I don't know if those answers could be gone in there. Maybe we never really find that out about what happened to him, but I think that would be interesting to know. Yeah, Zane said the spike had been there forever, basically. So mm. whether that's true and how helpful that statement is, I don't know. But that's an interesting point. Although I mean he wouldn't it, have been born with it, so well, yeah, it got in there somehow. I would hope know. he was not born with it. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. Born with a spike. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but also the question is how hard would it be to actually like get a Mistborn and hold them down and kill them like that with a piece of metal for that matter? Like, no, you stay there while we shove this metal in you. So I don't know. Well, if I don't have any metals to burn. That's true. Or if you happen to be know about what was, what was the metal? Uh, aluminum. Aluminium. Yeah. They, sp- they spiked their martini. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good, good predicaments. We have a few things to talk about. We got several emails, and we got one new review, which I'm going to hit on first. And this is actually not super new, It's actually, uh, but it was from Great Britain, so it didn't show up on my regular Apple Podcasts thing, so I missed it. Oh, we have, first. We have, we have British listeners? Cool. We knew that we had at least somebody in Ireland that one time, so... Yeah, yeah. For all... Uh, well... You know, so Great Britain... D- 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 depending where in Ireland, they're not part of Britain, so... Like, well, they're not part of the UK, yeah, not, depending on where they are. In they're Ireland. part of the UK, yes. Yeah, they'd be part of the British Isles. I don't. I don't. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people who live there. I always get that all mixed up. <laughs> yes, I think I just got Great Britain confused with the United Kingdom, which are separate things that cover a lot of the same ground. Lovely country, all the same. Ireland. I've never been there. I've I've been to London one time, but it was to change airports on our way to Venice. We had to go from one airport to another one, and that's the entirety of London that I saw was the drive from one airport to another. Oh, dude, you guys got to make a regular trip there. It's awesome. We were were supposed to go to London last year, along with a lot of mainland Europe, but COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Someday. Belgium. We have the one review, as I said, from Great Britain, and the review is from Ivora, and Ivora says, came for Miracle of Sound, stayed for the quality. Nah, really. (laughs) Very well-made podcast from the first chapter. Mondays are a lot of fun listening to your views of the book and predicaments. So thank you, Ivora. Yeah, Ivora, uh, welcome. You're now a part of the Misting crew. Let me whip up a quick Misting name for you. So what do we think? Ivora was sweet and to the point. Um, She was very complimentary and nice, and she made a good joke. So I'm going to call her a soother. Welcome. 
Ivora could be a male name, so I, I just say. That. Oh, that's my bad. Yeah, uh, if I misgendered you, that's uh, that's my bad. So thank you for your five star review. We appreciate it. Anybody who wants to leave us an awesome review on an Apple podcast or any other place you happen to get your podcast that lets you leave reviews, Joe's handing out invites to the Misting Crew for five star reviews. That's the deal. Okay, and then we have several emails. We have one, well, kind of two, one, one, two emails from Joseph. And his emails came in in January, but for some reason went into my spam folder. So I did not spot them until this week. Oh, Sorry, no. Joseph. He spent the whole time thinking we hate him, and we no, no. Uh, Joseph we says, hey, listening. Yeah, seriously. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, hey, look, we, we haven't heard his email yet, Dak. We may still hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph says, hi, guys. Wanted to say I love the podcast. I only recently found it, and I'm nearly done with the Final Empire ones. I drive for a job, so I go through lots of podcasts and audiobooks. Joseph asks, when are you going to do Secret History? And then, so that was January 27th. January 28th comes, and Joseph says, so my bad about the Secret History email the other day. It looks like the moment I I had a similar thought to Jamie when she thought about the Mist Spirit being made of mist a sentence before it was said. Oh, because he's saying that this was similar to that when he had the same thought as her. (sighs) Two more episodes, and my Secret History question was answered. So that's what I get for not waiting to be caught up. Oh, well, thanks for making an awesome podcast. And I love how accurate some of the predicaments are. It's eerie at times. So thank you, thanks, Joseph. Joseph. Thank you. I have. I'm not going to tell everyone yet, but I have made a decision on when we're, uh, if we read Secret History next or if we save it till after Era 2. And fun fact, it one of the emails that got sent in of people saying either do or do not do it after this convinced me. It was very convincing, but it convinced me in the opposite way from the way the writer of the email was trying to convince me. So <laughs> burn, burn writer I, of the email. We, we will. We will. Maybe when we get halfway or three quarters of the way, I will announce what is the very next thing we're doing, because if it's a new book, I got to get it sent to Dak and Jamie anyway. But up till then, I'm going to keep it a secret, if only so that if I decide to change my mind before then, I can do it and nobody will know. So anyway, but now all. All the people who have sent an email once the decision is made, <laughs> like if, if they advocated for the one the, for the other way that you wind up deciding, they're just like, shit, was I the one who who screwed it up for everyone? I'll, I'll I'll definitely say what was in the email that convinced me and why when I give the explanation. But uh, so probably the person will be able to pick out their own, assuming they're even still listening. They're gonna be like, ah, these guys, whatever. Okay, next email. We have two more, by the way. It was a busy email week. Well, to be fair, some of those were from a month ago. So. Yeah. Uh, you all and Spook are all missing. Oh, I'm sorry. This is from Todd. No subject. You all and Spook are missing the real way Vin stole Ellen's heart. She killed his fiance, which is funny because we just talked about that. <laughs> yep. You got us. We're not quite there yet. Not going to read that part of it. As a side note, I never use Apple Podcasts, but tried downloading iTunes on my PC specifically so I could give you guys a review. Could not figure out how to, though. There's a way to get a direct link to your podcast review page. And if that was put on the website, it would probably help a lot. And then he says, as always, I love the show. So thanks, Todd. I will. I feel like it's it, it might be a little weird to be like, hey, on our website, here's where you go and leave us a good review. That seems a little presumptuous to me, but I don't know. Well, you don't have to say good review. You could just say uh, leave yeah, a that's, review. That's true. Hmm. So I'll consider that suggestion, Todd. I'm, I'm not 100% either way. Yet. Yeah. I'm kind of, not saying that I don't want people to enjoy the podcast, but I really want to listen to like a one star review sometime. Just to, like, hear somebody be like, these guys are shit. They don't know anything about Brandon Sanderson. I watched That's kind some... of the point. 
<laughs> uh, I, yeah, I just watched a video today the where some like book bloggers or vloggers were like one of them was reading one star reviews of fantasy books and the other one had to figure out what the fantasy book was from the one star review and it made me <laughs> go out cool. and like start looking up one star reviews of some of my favorite books on uh, on Amazon just because I was curious the first Dresden Files book gets a whole lot of hate for uh, mostly for the way that women are talked about which is an issue throughout the Dresden Files in uh, to some extent, so I kind of get that. But it has a lot of one-star reviews, mostly for that reason. Mistborn, not as many one-star reviews. So, you know, there's that. Uh, finally, we have what's actually kind of a two-part thing uh, also from Angela Prime. And Angela says, I just read the end of Chapter 19, and I tried reading Chapter 20, but only got halfway through because I was so distracted. You don't get a hello this time because I'm too overwhelmed with feelings. So chapter one, she'll make it clear in a second. I have theories to recap. None of my friends have read the book and I can't enter the discord spoiler chat. So this email is getting my thoughts out. I've listed my theories in order and rated them how likely I think they are. And I won't go through them all, but this is basically what, what happened. What has just happened that she's reacting to is spook has seen Kelsier's ghost. Ah, and so she has lots of potential theories about what Kelsier's ghost might actually be. Her first one is, Kelsier has gone from figurative Jesus to literal Jesus and is now alive. It doesn't matter that he was eaten. He's alive and the savior. And I think this is a zero on the likelihood scale. <laughs> zero. Oh, Kelsier, uh, you nut. And then she's like, maybe Spook is hallucinating because of tin withdrawal, which we totally talked about. This email was before we t that episode where we talked about that stuff. Or well, before that episode came out, anyway. The Church of the Survivor is actually the citizen shadow government and they've both imprisoned and saved spook and tricked him into thinking this is Kelsier to gain his allegiance. That was one we hadn't considered. I kind of like that idea. That is a cool idea. It's extremely elaborate, but that would be kind of neat. Uh, Kelsier is a chondra. We did talk about that possibility. She seemed to think that was pretty likely. She's like, that's a five on the likelihood scale. Uh, preservation has taken the shape of Kelsier. The, this being is the Ooh. same power that helped Vin defeat the Lord Ruler when she channeled the mists, and also the thing that stabbed Elend and gave him the metal that gave him Alamancy. So maybe this is giving Spook Alamancy somehow, uh, which that's another theory we hadn't considered. She brings up the fact that blessing is used. I've given you the blessing of pewter, just like the Conjure blessings, the same thing Joe talked about. Uh, and a few other things in here. But then, and before I finish out her email, I want to jump to the next one. Because a couple of days later, she's like, okay, she sends another email. It's like, for context, I think I must have skimmed over the end of Spook's fight. Now that I know what's actually going on, I'm sad that there's not as much of a mystery. So this is after our episode came out. And she said in the Discord, like, when Jamie was like, wait, like, the sword broke off in him? And then she's like, I missed that too. <laughs> and I'm so glad I'm not the only one. She's just like completely revamped her thinking on this. And she's like, okay, so I wrote that big long email with all those theories. Uh, now that I've actually heard you guys talk about it and got some of the detail details I missed, I think that uh, that's probably Ruin is actually Kelsier. Yeah, it's a real bummer. So it's funny how she, she put so much work, this long email about all the different theories. And then she's like, oh, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Angela Prime, you are the lady. You know, that was good. Uh, the end of her first email, which I kind of skipped to read the, the, the thing, but it's like, Data and Joe, I hope you're both safe and well following the ter terrible weather and the power water failures of the past week. Data let us know in the Discord you're both affected by the storms, so I know that you've been in many listeners' thoughts. If, you, if we didn't get a new episode for a while, we would understand. 
Thank you for continuing to be a great source of entertainment for us all. We appreciate you wasing to the time of next. Wow, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I know we both do. That's really nice. I think we were both pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, as as things go, a lot of our family and friends had like burst pipes and other things, but Data and I got through it pretty much unscathed for the most part. Yeah. I mean, you were out of power for a week and had to go live with your in-laws for a bit. But other than yeah, that, other than that, I mean that. That's not bad. No, All there, it could good. have been much worse. Yeah. So, yes, thank you, everyone who sent us emails. If you would like to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, other you know, YouTube. I still haven't put up any new YouTube videos. I'm really sorry. I think it Blue Priest, I think it was, that was like, hey, can you put the new episodes up on YouTube? And I was like, you yeah, know, maybe. Yeah, maybe we can do that. And then I've really slacked off on getting up to date on the YouTube episodes, and I'm sorry. <laughs> And it might be a bit longer because you're gonna you're about to go. Yeah, to I'm gonna be gone for a while. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll come back. We will be back. Yes, uh, I'll I'll be back Arnold Schwarzenegger style. <laughs> then say it that way. No, I, I'm, I'm not as good a, at voices as as you are. So. You know, you don't have a Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. There you That's, go. That's not that, bad. That was pretty good. Yeah. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I can't do a Schwarzenegger. There's, I I just don't. I don't have it in me. Like, uh, I mean, it helps that like, like a, a lot of the words that like that are very distinct in his accent aren't in that sentence. So that's true. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anytime I try to do a Schwarzenegger, I just end up doing a Stallone somehow. <laughs> the real secret is so. you just go for the one line. You're just like, it's not a tumor. Like, yeah. That one's easy. Get to the, Get to the chopper. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good at it. <laughs> but I could do a mean Adrian. Adrian. That was pretty good. Yeah. You greedy lazy. So like I said up at the the top of the episode, for our next set, which will be a couple weeks now, but we are reading chapters 29, 30, and 31. Three chapters again, and they're kind of the they're all kind of on the longer side compared to some of the really short ones we've read lately. So come back for those in a couple weeks and music by Miracle of Sound. Throw that in there. What else? What Music by Miracle of Sound. I don't know. What are you forgetting? Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Wasing to the time of next. As the tiles of steel and stone crumble to dust, the foundations of our hope begin to rust. Choking fear, screaming sound as a reaper comes to ground. Turn to face it down because you must